the Holy Spirit is in this place. If you didn't just feel it, oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Jake and the team. That was incredible. And excited to have everyone together today. Kids, welcome. And so beautiful. Thank you, ladies, for doing this, you know, having the sign language during that song. It was even more powerful than what the song already is. It was so incredible. Youth, glad you're here. Get to have Nick and Bray in the service, too. Glad you guys get to be with us. So anyways, if we haven't met, my name is Kim Chitwood, and I am the Next Steps pastor here. I've got one fan. Yes. So, <laughs> oh, God. Thank you. Maybe wait till after. Maybe you'll change your mind. So, But really, um, people say to me, they're like, what is a next step pastor? What does that even mean? And one of the things I get to do a lot is talk, which a lot of you aren't surprised about that at all. But I get to talk to individuals or couples or in groups. And one of the things that comes up often is our fears. And one of mine, and it's a big one, that's gone with me my whole life, is FOMO. I have the dreaded case of FOMO. Anybody else? Please? Okay, got a couple, all right. And some of you are like, what's that, right? All right, for those of you who know what FOMO is, we're going to shout it out together. It's the fear of missing out. And it's horrible. I'll be at my desk working and really getting something done on the computer when all of a sudden I hear laughter in another room. And without even thinking, I jump up and run and find out what am I missing on? Why wasn't I included in this? I want to be wanted, invited, like, come on, join us. And it's true. I mean, ask any of the staff. And we are starting today, so we're starting a series called I'm In, where we're going to dive into who Jesus says we truly are, because too often we get stuck in the lies and what other people have said about us or what we've believed ourselves or what the enemy tries to put in our minds, and it's lies. And so we are going to get rooted in our purpose and who we are in Jesus and what he says about us and what he wants us to do moving forward. We're going to take one character trait or one thing he says about us every single week and we're going to dive deep into it. And today, ours is I'm invited. So will you shout that out? I'm invited. You're invited, I'm invited, everyone past, present, and future are invited to be part of God's family. With God, there's no FOMO because God always desires us. He always invites us. He always wants us. But sometimes we're not invited. Sometimes it's not a bad reason. Sometimes we don't want to be invited. But sometimes it is. Sometimes it's because of how we look or how we dress or what we, how we speak or what we do or what we've done. Sometimes it happens far too often, even in the church. Some of you have felt that way before, and it's wrong. And I get it. There are times when I haven't been invited, and I hate it. That FOMO kicks in. You know, you ever look on social media and see all your friends are, like, having a party, and you weren't invited? It stinks. And there was one time when I was in elementary school just a couple years ago, not too far ago, long ago. 
But a long time ago in elementary school, and, and I still remember, so this is how bad it was. I was out at recess, and some of the kids wanted to play kickball. And if you know me, I'm not athletic at all, and I surely was not athletic then. But I wanted to be included, so I went over to join in, and there were two boys that became the captains, and they started picking teams. Most athletic kids got picked first. You're probably going to figure, you're already figuring out what happened. Of course, I was the last person standing. And I felt ashamed, embarrassed, but I thought, you know what? Doesn't matter. We're going to start playing this game anyways. But something was said, and I got to stop here a minute. This is called a Stad Kim story. Those of you who know me, I have these. And so if you ever need, need to share empathy or practice your empathy, I've got lots of sad Kim stories. But so this is a sad Kim story. So anyways, I'm standing there ready for this last, this boy, there's his last chance to pick. He was the last one. He's, the other boy had already picked his team and he looked at me and he looked at the other boy and he said these words, of course, I've never forgotten. He said, I don't want her, you take her. No laughter. You're all feeling bad, aren't you? Yeah, thank you. But no, I still feel sick to my stomach when I think about it. I don't want her. You take her. I don't remember what happened after that. I think I did still join in. But how awful to have that feeling of not being wanted. Because when we're not wanted or we're not invited, it can lead to other things. Those feelings of shame, those feelings of loneliness, those feelings of... or or those times when we just want to be more withdrawn or isolated. And it's been this way forever, but I think it's gotten even worse lately. I know Trevor talked about it a few weeks ago. But God planted in us this need to be invited, to be wanted, and that's why it's so awful when we're not there is a, a speaker and author that's one of my favorites. He's a neuropsychologist. His name is Dr. Kurt Thompson. I listen to his podcast. I highly recommend it. But one of the things he says often is this. A baby is born looking for someone, looking for him. So as soon as we are born, we are seeking out, searching for someone who desires us, who wants us, who invites us to themselves. And God planted that in us because God invites us. David talks about this in his Psalms a lot. And one of my favorites is Psalm 139. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, so I recommend you going back sometime and reading the entire chapter of Psalm 139 through the lens of, I'm invited by God. And here's a few verses from that Psalm, starting with verse 7. David says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And I've read that before and I've thought, okay, God is wherever I go. But it's more than that. He is wherever we go because he desires us. He wants us to be with him. He invites us to himself, so heart to heart. No FOMO with God. 
We are unwanted. We are seen. We are invited. And when Jesus walked on the earth, there were people that did not invite other people to. And some of the worst were the religious leaders, those who were in the church who were like the top dogs of the church who made all the decisions. They said, who's in and who's out? They would leave often out the poor or, or the sinners, those who they would say were unclean. And there was one time in particular when this happened, and it's found in the book of Luke chapter 7, and we're not going to read it. I'm going to tell the story. It's the end of the chapter where Jesus is in a town speaking to a crowd, and he gets invited by a Pharisee to the Pharisee's home for dinner. I don't know why the Pharisee invited him. It probably was not a great reason. Maybe because he knew he had a good following and he thought, well, hey, maybe, maybe I'll get some attention too. But he invited Jesus as well as other friends, Pharisees, to his home. And the Pharisees, these were the religious leaders I was talking about. They were the kind of people that would walk around hoping that people saw how smart they were, how great they were, how not sinful they were, how generous they were. And they wouldn't talk about the bad stuff they did. And they would leave out anyone they would consider sinful. And there was one woman in particular that was absolutely not invited to this dinner. She was known actually as the sinful woman. Scholars now understand that we cannot figure out who she was because there's no name recorded. People called her the sinful woman, and how would you like that? Like instead of Kim, hey, you're that sinful person, that sinful pastor, you're the sinful mom. People didn't even know her name. And so she was definitely not invited. But for the sake of storytelling, I'm going to call her a name, a name that was common at the time, which was Anna. So Anna was a sinful person. And sin, just real simply, is us Anytime we disobey God. And so if you think about it, yes, Anna was sinful, but so am I, so are you. So is every Pharisee, the only one in the story that is not is Jesus. And so she is not invited. There's no way she's invited to this party. Well, something happens where Jesus is sitting down, reclining at the table with the other Pharisees. They're eating and in Barging through the door comes Anna. She walks past these uppity Pharisees and she falls down at Jesus' feet. She takes a jar of perfume that they believe would probably have been worth a year's salary, probably all she had, her livelihood, what she used daily, and she broke it open I can picture her hands shaking as she pours it out on Jesus' feet, his dirty, dusty feet. At the same time, she, she's weeping, she's bowing, she's, tears are just flowing from her eyes. And the tears mix with perfume, and she's drying his feet with her hair. And some of you, it may sound weird. You know, it's not something we talk about a lot. But this act of washing his feet is this humble servant's heart. She is worshiping Jesus. 
What she is saying is, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, you are my God. I am anointing you as king of my life. Forgive me for my sin. I need you. I need you. I need you. At the same time in that room, as this is happening, two other things are going on. The Pharisee whose home it is, is appalled. He is angry that Jesus let this woman in, did not cast her out, and is letting Jesus literally touch her, which was totally uncalled for. And at the same time, Jesus, Jesus is not appalled. Jesus is looking on her with the light. I believe there's a smile on his face. I believe there's tears in his eyes. I believe he not only allowed her to touch his feet, but he embraced her at the same time, welcoming her in, saying, you're in. I invite you right now into my family. And then he says these words. He says, daughter, you are forgiven. And he says, go in peace. And, and so what, what was it in Anna that gave her this courage? Because truth be told, if you know about her sin and her life and the way the Pharisees treated people like Anna, she could literally have been not just cast out of the home, but harmed and maybe even killed. But what caused her to have the courage to just barge down, barge through the door and fall at his feet Not only going somewhere she wasn't invited, but literally within harm's way where she could have been harmed. What gave her that courage? What gave her the courage to dump out her money, everything she had? What gave her the courage to not care about what other people were thinking and pour it all all out to literally repent and change her life? Well, what's kind of amazing is that right before this story in the book of Luke chapter 7, if you go back and look, it's this story and right before, Jesus is in that town, and as I said, he's speaking to a crowd of people. And John the Baptist's disciples walk up to him and start asking him questions. Are you the one? Are you the one that is to come, or should we expect someone else? And so Jesus sits and stands and answers their question as he speaks to the crowd and talks more about John the Baptist. But if you know anything about the Gospels, there are Matthew, Mark, Luke, which we're in, and John. And all four of them give stories and accounts of Jesus when he walked on earth. And some of them have the same accounts. And Matthew has this exact same account So if we look at that account in the book of Matthew, it's in chapter 11. Jesus, Matthew gives Jesus' words a little bit more. He shares a little bit more of what Jesus said that day to the crowd. And my guess, because that's where Anna worked, she was in that crowd listening that day. And I hope this is familiar to you. I hope this scripture is familiar if you've been at Crossbridge this year. This is our verse of the year. It is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus says this to the crowd, maybe even looking at Anna. He says, come to me, 
all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'm going to say it again, and then at the end, I want you to say that last word with me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, I will give you rest. He's saying, are you wrecked? Are you burdened? Are you weary? Are you broken? Are you struggling with sin, with shame, with life, with pain? He says, come to me. And I believe that was the first time Anna's in that town and she hears this. The first time in her life she felt seen, she felt wanted. This Anna, this sinful woman, this whole, her whole life has felt judged, shamed, ostracized. but she felt seen. But we do that sometimes with people like, even though we all sin, we look at other people that sin because we, we look at their sin because gosh, that's so much easier. Gosh, if I look at your sin, I don't have to think about mine. And so we can tend to judge or we can shame or we can go, okay, I'm not gonna be around that person because, or let my kids around that person because they're sinners. And so that's where Anna was. So how we can look at a person in our family or our friends or in our circle and we go, oh, they're sinning. How can I get them to change? Maybe if I just say this one thing, they'll change. Or maybe if I tell them how much they're wrong, they'll change. Or maybe if I post this great post on social media about their sin, they'll go, oh, and change. But let's look at Anna, what made her change, what made her move from her life to the feet of Jesus. It was one thing. It was an invitation. Jesus invited her to himself. He didn't say, Anna, hold on a second. Go quit your job, change your clothes, put your hair up like all the other gals, and then you can come. He said, come to me, period. I believe then Anna just saw, heard he was going to that Pharisee's home and she took off. Maybe one step forward, two steps back. But what if he doesn't want me? What if I could be hurt? And then she kept moving, knowing that she had to meet the one that said, I want you, I desire you, I invite you to myself. And maybe you're thinking, but how, how does this apply to me? What does this have to do with me? See, I believe Anna was one of those people that felt she had to do life on her own. She had to carry the weight of everything on her own. She, she could not ask for help. She tried and it didn't work and maybe you're in the same boat. But there's lies we believe. Lies like, I can't let anyone know the sin that I'm struggling with. I can't ask for help. I've got to get myself all fixed up first. Before I go to church, I've got to figure this all out. Before I join that group or before I speak any words, I've got to have all the right answers and know it all and fix up my family and my finances. I can't let anyone know. I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to stay in control. Because Jesus, when he said, come to me, he said, wait a minute, I'm going to tell you a little bit more. And he went on and he says this. He said first again, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. 
But then he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this yoke isn't like an egg yoke. <laughs> this yoke is back in those days to plow their fields. They would take this really heavy piece of wood and they'd put it on the back, the shoulders of an ox. And it would guide the ox to go exactly perfectly to plow their fields in the way they should go, not to the right or not to the left, just straight on. And if they couldn't afford an ox, they would literally put this piece of wood on their own shoulders, and then it would help their plow go the right direction. And this was the weight that Anna was feeling and the weight that people were feeling back then. And the weight that we feel now is we try to carry everything ourselves. I've got this. I'm going to figure this out. Nobody can know. But Jesus says, no, you can never carry it all. He says, take that off. Take that off your sin. Take off your shame. Take off your burdens. Take off your pain and give it to me. And I will give you my yoke. And my yoke is not heavy and burdensome. My yoke, I believe, is his arm around us with his Holy Spirit guiding us, with him literally scooping us up sometimes and carrying us with his Holy Spirit in us to rest. Through hard times, he will be there. He wants to be there. He's like, give me your needs. Give me your pain. Give me your shame. I want to carry them with you. Anna was able to let go, to pour out all her pain, her sin, her shame. And she found freedom. And freedom is what? Bridge rest all because she was invited. And maybe you're here and maybe you've never accepted Jesus' invitation to know him, to say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I want to follow you. But here's what I know in my life. This invitation come to me is not a one-time invitation. It's an everyday, often moment-by-moment moment invitation saying, no, 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 you're carrying it again. Come to me. You're carrying it again. Come to me. Let go. Pour it out. You're trying to control again. Come to me. See, what I've realized in my life and many others is, is the biggest, one of the biggest problems with Christ followers is not believing in Jesus, but believing that we need Jesus. We need him. We need him. We need him. We sing about that. We need him. We need him. We need him. And so I want us to do something to close up today. And I'm, it's bold on my part because I don't know what's going to happen. And it's, I'm going to invite you to be bold as well. I'm going to say a prayer. And in my prayer, I'm going to give you an invitation. Like I said, it might be your first time, and it might be your millionth time. It doesn't matter. It's this, 
letting go of ourselves and accepting his invitation and learning to be rooted in what he says we are. We are invited. We are, we are not having to carry anything. He's saying, give it all to me. And so I'm going to grab a chair just like yours because I'm going to start this. And I'm going to pray. And then during this prayer, I'm going to invite you to stand. And it's bold. And it's scary. But I believe it's something we all need, whether you're online watching or you're here in person. We need to remind ourselves that we need Jesus. We need him. And so will you pray with me? Father God, you are in this place. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the kids here. Thank you for the youth. Thank you for those who chose time out to be in your presence with other believers today. And Lord Jesus, you invite us all to yourself. You say, come to me. Come to me. You're saying, you need me. And so I'm inviting all of us, whether it's your first time, kids, Maybe you're the first ones to do this. Or you, gosh, you can be so bold. I'm inviting all of us to stand, and I'm going to stand first, just making a bold move, saying, Jesus, I need you. And if you feel so called, stand up where you are, saying, Jesus, I need you. Stand from your seats, kids, grown-ups, youth, and just saying, Jesus, I need you. To speak to him from your heart, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I have things I'm carrying on my own. Jesus, I've got sin in my life. Friends, we all do, so just give it to Jesus. And Lord God, thank you for people who've stood. Lord God, right now I just pray that we will pour out whatever we're carrying on your feet. So I'm just going to take a moment of silence, and I want you to give to Jesus whatever you're carrying, whether it be from school or work or relationships or sin or addictions or whatever. Would you just take a moment and pour out to Jesus what you're carrying? <laughs> 